We are one church. We love God, love people, love his mission and love his church. Welcome to the One Church Podcast. Hello and welcome to the One Church Podcast. Wherever you are listening from today, it is great to have you with us. This week, as we continue our Open the Doors teaching series, we'll be hearing a message from Hazel Philpot, recorded at the Central Site. We pray that you will enjoy and that God speaks to you today. We are in our fourth week of our Open the Doors series. As we've opened the doors to this centre, and as we've began a new term for many people, we prophetically speak Romans 3.8 over one church. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. And we are believing that in this new season to see many doors opened in a new way. Doors are mentioned a lot in the Bible, as we've looked at, as entrances, as symbols of hope and possibility, as barriers that can be opened, and as Jesus himself, who is described as the gate and the way to God. So we've been speaking into these doors in our lives, in the church, and in our world, expectant that we would come to know the Lord in a greater way, encounter him, and to know him for ourselves afresh. We have seen doors opened to a new day. That was week one. We saw how Jesus is the doorway to a new life. He is the one who can open a door in a new way. And we are called to consecrate ourselves for what he is about to do. Week two was open the doors to his presence. We looked at the tabernacle and how the Israelites had to go through different doors to the Holy of Holies to reach God's presence. But because of Jesus, that barrier to his presence has been broken. The veil was torn And we have an open door into his presence at any time and anywhere. And last week, Pastor James spoke a great message, open doors to his power. We heard that God is awesome and he is a powerful God, but we need his power in our lives daily to be able to walk this Christian life. So today, we are looking at another aspect of open the doors, and that is to people. The idea that a way has been opened for all people to find salvation. John 10, 8, Jesus said, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Revelation 3, 20 says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. People are at the heart of God. And we see through these verses that firstly, through the sacrifice of Jesus, he has opened a door for everyone to be forgiven and to find a relationship with him. But we also see that we have a choice. He is knocking at the doors of hearts And we have to choose to allow him in. And for those of us here this morning who are Jesus followers, we each have a story of when we open the door and allow Jesus into our lives. And all our stories are different of the journey that we went on through that door. But they are all a powerful testimony of the grace of God in our lives. And now, having walked through that door ourselves, we are called to open the door for others 
so that they too might find pastures in him. We know that Jesus is the gate. He is the only one that can save. And we know that each person has to make their choice themselves. But we have a part to play as well in the Great Commission, in opening the doors for others to find him. So this morning, we're going to look at a passage and look at some keys on how we can play our part in opening doors to people. Let me pray as we begin. Father, I thank you for the stories in our lives where you have knocked on the doors of our heart and you have poured out your grace in our lives. And this morning, Lord, I pray that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to obey to your word this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I don't know about you, but one of the mysteries that I found find in life is recycling. I just don't understand what things can be recycled and what can't be recycled. And in fact, I learned very, um, not that long ago, that polystyrene can't be recycled. Who knew that? Oh, everybody knew but me. Okay. Okay, so what I've also discovered that is on the um, orange recycling bags that you get in Leicester, there's two boxes, one with like a tick, and it says, recycle this stuff, and then there's a cross, and it says, don't recycle this stuff. So why have I not been looking at this for the last... 15 years. But I think this idea in my head of tick, this is the way to recycle and cross, do not recycle this, um, illustrates something that Matthew has brought out on ways in which don't do this to open doors to people. But this is a great way to open doors to people. So this contrast, I think, is really helpful. And it begins in Matthew 23, 13. It says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. So the religious leaders at the time, they were so zealous for following the law that they were blinded to the truth of who Jesus was. And not only had they not entered the kingdom themselves, but they had shut the door for others who were trying to enter as well. And interestingly, in, in Luke's um, version of this story, it adds, for you remove the key to knowledge from the people. It's such a stinging rebuke from Jesus because the Pharisees assumed that they were the chosen people who knew the way to God and that they were the ones to hold this key of knowledge of the way to him. But in fact, Jesus says that they were doing the opposite and they were putting up barriers so others couldn't find him either. So with this idea ringing in our ears of this key of knowledge to the kingdom, we turn to Matthew 16, in contrast, where Jesus is speaking to Simon Peter. Jesus says, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answers, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So instead of closing the doors in people's faces, Simon, now called Peter, receives the keys of the kingdom of heaven to open the doors to others. And so today, what can we learn from this passage to be like Peter and to open the doors for others rather than to be like the Pharisees who shut the doors in people's faces? So I want to suggest four keys as we're thinking about keys to help us open the doors of the kingdom to others. 
Number one, Jesus is the bedrock. Keep Jesus as our bedrock. In this passage, Jesus says to Simon, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. And in Greek, Peter means rock. So in essence, he is saying, you are rock, and on this rock, I will build my church, which doesn't make a lot of sense why there's so many rocks, but he's using this as a play on words because in Greek, it's actually two words for rock. You are Peter, Petros, and on this Petra, I will build my church. And the differences in Petros and Petra help us understand what Jesus was meaning. The word for Petros, Peter, was a rock, a loose stone, um, like what might you go to the beach and you skim kind of rock, or if you're like Lawrence, you collect a rock everywhere you go and put it on the, the shelf that is slowly being weighed down by many, many rocks. He was trained as a geologist, so I'll let him off. So we see Peter as Petros. And then he says, on this Petra, which means bedrock, I will build my church. Not just a loose stone or a rock, but large, a large solid ground that can be built upon. It's the same word that was used for the side of the mountain where Jesus' tomb was cut out of. And also the um, ground that the wise man should build his house upon. So we get this idea that Petra is not shingle, it's, it's not gravel, but it's a firm foundation to build onto. So Simon, now called Peter, the stone, he says, on this bedrock, I will build my church. What's the bedrock that the church will be built upon? It appears to be Peter's declaration You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. This truth is the bedrock that will never crumble and never pass away. The identity of Jesus as the son of God, as Messiah, as the anointed one, as our savior, has to be our bedrock on which we open the doors of the kingdom to others. It starts with Jesus, it ends with Jesus. He's the alpha and the omega. Without Jesus, there is no gospel. There is no door for people to walk into if we don't have Jesus as our bedrock for all that we are. Many of you will know Michelle Arthur, one of our mission partners here at One Church. We have the privilege over summer to do a short-term mission trip with 11 of us from One Church and to see her at the base of Kilimanjaro. And Oh, we saw God do so many amazing things. We saw the sick healed. We saw people freed from demons. We saw many people saved. And the 11 of us just came back with such a renewed faith in the power of God. But I think for me, what I came back reminded of even more so was the power of the cross. We went halfway across the world to a completely different culture. And everything that they did was different. The way in which church was done was different. It was loud, like loud. We all wore earplugs and we could still hear the preacher very well. Um, So everything was different. Even the way in which perhaps the gospel was explained was different. But the one thing that remained is the power of the cross. And we just saw that in front of our eyes of of people coming to find Jesus through the cross. And just... um, there was this one evening where we stood um, up, a, it, was all, it looked like a castle, this place, and we stood at the top, and you could look across Tanzania, and we just worshipped as 
um, just a group of believers from local Tanzanians, there were Germans, and there were us British. And I just had this image for the rest of the week of many people from different uh, tongues and tribes with their arms raised in worship, but the cross is above all of it. And I believe this is the message that we have to carry with us if we are to open the doors to people, is that Jesus is the bedrock of everything, and the cross is the only way in which our world can be saved. He is our bedrock, and he has to remain the center of all that we do and say, all that we are. So number one, let's keep Jesus as the bedrock of our lives, of our church, and of our message that we carry. Secondly, we are to know the kingdom. Jesus goes on to say to Peter, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. A few years ago, uh, Lawrence and I were fortunate enough to buy our first house. Uh, It was a really interesting experience going and looking at other people's homes. I thought I wasn't fussy. I realized I am fussy. Um, But it was so interesting walking into different homes and viewing what people think is a nice home. But it's different when you are taken around by an estate agent. To them, we're just another client. And you can ask a question, and they probably won't know. And they'll say to you, I'll get back to you later. Whereas times when we were showed around by the owner of the house, it was so different. They knew the nooks and crannies of their property. They had fond memories of their time there. And they could tell us about the area. Obviously, you never know how completely truthful they're being about how noisy the neighbors are being. They want to sell the house to you. But you get the picture that if we're going to open the door to people for them to come into the kingdom, we need to know ourselves, the kingdom that we're inviting them into. And this phrase kingdom crops up many, many times in Jesus' teaching. And in Matthew, it comes up 55 times alone. And this term primarily refers to the reign and the rule of a king. Not, Not just the territory, the physical land but the kingship, the reign of God in every aspect of our lives. And we live in this tension of the now and the not yet of the kingdom. Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, your kingdom come. And he says in Luke that his kingdom has already began with his arrival. So when we first walked through those doors into his kingdom, we became citizens of that kingdom. We live in his reign and his kingship over our lives. But we're also living in that in-between stage where we await a future time when he will come back again and his reign will be complete and final on this earth. When we look at the life of Jesus, we see what this kingdom looks like. We see that the kingdom is one where the poor are made rich in Christ, where the meek and the lowly are lifted up, The kingdom is one where justice reigns, where the sick and the hurting are healed and comforted, where the lonely find family and where the lost are found. This is the kingdom that we're inviting people into. The reality is we must lay down our crowns and make him Lord and King. We can't skip that part when we invite people to the kingdom. We got up our lives just as Jesus gave up his life for us. But it's worth it all. For it comes with a hope that he is coming back again and will restore all things. If we are to open the doors of the kingdom for people, we need, them, we need to know the kingdom we are inviting them into. It's one where we are loved 
we are forgiven. There is hope, there is joy, there is peace, even in the darkest valleys. It's one where he reigns above it all and he will get the final say. And when we know that this is the kingdom we live in, why wouldn't we want to open the doors to people? We opened the doors of Way Coffee exactly three weeks ago. And I have been so, so encouraged by the interest that we've had of people walking in. And we've invited a number of people to church here on Sundays. And we've been able to pray over people. I prayed for one of the parents who drops his um, kids off at Slater Street opposite and it's been suffering with migraines and so many people have walked in and we've been able to share with them what on earth church is the kingdom of God is attractive and I believe if we fully grasp how beautiful and incredible it is that when the Lord reigns many people will come knocking at the doors because they will want to be a part of it We have been given the keys to the kingdom and we have the joy of partnering with Jesus to invite others in. Let's know the kingdom. Thirdly, open your mouth. Romans 10 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? This passage in Romans encourages us that part of opening the doors means actually sharing the good news that we have. We are called to demonstrate the kingdom. We are called to love people, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. But if people do not know the truth of what the gospel is, then they won't even know that a way has been opened for them. Church, it's time to open the doors of our mouths and to start speaking. The gospel is the hope of the world. It's the best news that we have, and it's time to be bold and to speak out. Pastor James spoke a great message last week about the power of God. The Holy Spirit equips us in all that we do, wherever we live, to speak out. In our homes, with our families, with our friends, in our workplaces, we have to speak out. And for me, I often use several springboards. Firstly, like this parent in Way Coffee, he he just came up and I served him his cappuccino and he said he's been struggling with migraines. And so I simply said, can I pray for you? Because when God demonstrates his power, then an open door is made for you to speak into that. Or I simply say, do you have a faith at all? And when you listen to their story, then it opens the door for your story to be told later on and we know for many people that we would see the seed sown over years over many different interactions along their journey before they walk through the doors but it all begins with opening your mouth and sharing may we all be like Isaiah and say here I am Lord send me and finally God is the door opener as disciples we are commissioned to share the good news but ultimately, it's the Lord who will open the doors. In Colossians 4.3, Paul says, And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. And in 2 Corinthians, he says, Now, when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, and found that the Lord had opened a door for me. As we've gone on the journey of renovating the centre and physically reopen the doors, we are prophetically speaking over this city that the doors of the kingdom are open for them. And as we are faithful to put Jesus 
as the bedrock, as we are faithful to invite people into the kingdom, as we are faithful in opening the doors of our mouths, the Lord is the one who will open the doors to the message. And I just really felt today that this is how we should apply the message this morning. We are to pray prophetically that doors will be open to the message in every sphere of life, into schools, into hospitals, into the council, into those who are making policies, into our families, into our neighbourhoods. We are to pray over those people who maybe we've been witnessing to over many years that now is the time for the doors to be open to a new day and for them to walk through them to find new pasture. And I believe that we're going to look back at this moment and have stories of miraculous doors being opened into spheres of influence we would never have dreamed of, into family members that we've been praying for for many years, into our wonderful city. We need the Lord to open the doors. And so as I come to a close, those four keys to help us open the doors for people. Firstly, keep Jesus as the bedrock. He is the foundation of absolutely everything. And maybe today you need to respond by putting your trust again in the bedrock that will never crumble. Maybe you're here today and you've never made that decision to open the doors of your heart to him. Jesus is in the room and he's knocking at your heart. And he died on the cross and he rose again so that you could be forgiven and know a relationship with God and the team here would love at the end to pray with you you can head over to the prayer banner and they would love to to introduce you to that Jesus who is waiting for you secondly let's know the kingdom God is the Lord and the king of our lives let's surrender again to his reign and we now are part of a truly incredible kingdom let's live knowing our identity as citizens of this kingdom. Open your mouth. It's time to speak up and speak out so that people would know what this amazing good news is. We are equipped by the power of the Holy Spirit to bring this message wherever God has placed you. And finally, God is the door opener. As we are faithful to the Great Commission, God is the one who will open the doors. And I do believe that today is a moment where we need to do some spiritual battle against the doors that have been shut. Maybe they've been remained closed for many years, but today we pray that they will be open to the message. God, we thank you that you are the door opener. And we prophetically speak over our city, the name of Jesus, the one who opens every door and every heart. And Lord, we pray over doors that have been closed for many years, Lord, over family members that we have been praying for, that we have been witnessing to, that there will be a change, that doors will be opened, that hearts will be opened. Lord, we pray over a city, our city, that you would open doors that have not been opened before. Lord, we would see your message spread further, spread wider. And Lord, we pray over every single person here that you would equip us to speak up, to speak out, to live out your kingdom. Lord, we continue to keep you as our bedrock. We worship you, Jesus. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Hazel, for that wonderful message. Let's all be encouraged to open the doors to people and let's expect lives to be impacted as we do this. If you would like to respond or would value someone joining with you in prayer, then please get in touch. 
Before we finish, here are a few things coming up in the life of One Church. This is your family news for. Firstly, it was amazing to see so many people running yesterday representing open hands in the half marathon. We want to thank everybody who took part and everybody who has donated to Open Hands. If you want to donate to a runner, the Just Giving pages are still open, so why not show them your support? Secondly, coming up this half term, we have Schools Out. Schools Out is One Church's half term holiday club for 5 to 11 year olds. It will be running in six different locations across the city from Tuesday the 17th till Thursday the 19th of October. For further details, visit onechurch.org.uk. Let's be praying that hundreds of kids have the opportunity to meet with Jesus. And if you have some spare time this half term, why not volunteer at one or more of the events? We would love to have you join us. Thirdly, coming up on the 20th to the 22nd of October is our 11 to 18s youth weekend away called Phenomena. We'll be heading to the beautiful Stavon Lodge in Melton Mowbray. If you have never heard of a Youth Weekend Away before, it is a place where young people have the opportunity to meet with Jesus, make memories and make new friendships that will last a lifetime. If you are yet to book on, then please email josh.gale at onechurch.org.uk for further details. Fourthly, this Sunday is our next One Church Together. All five sites will be meeting at the One Centre at Frog Island to celebrate Nations Day. There are two gatherings, one at 9.15am and another at 11.30am. Do all you can to be there and why not invite someone to come with you? And that is your Family News 4. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.